Do you have less than 10 minutes to learn something new? The Latin Learner Podcast offers helpful information from experts in the school community on a wide variety of topics. The clock starts now, so let's get started. And I've seen students make models on everything from students looking at climate change to students trying to model traffic in the cafeteria here at Latin, uh, to students trying to model you know, coronavirus and how it changed people's movement around the city. We talked about algorithmic bias. Where is this data coming from for this AI? Why could AI recognize white faces and not recognize black faces? White uh, people blinking, but not Asian people. Not just bias, but then all of a sudden it becomes discrimination. I've had a discussion that third graders, we were using Google Quick Draw, which uses machine learning as behind it. It could solve what they were drawing so quickly, but they also very quickly went into a discussion about if you are tricking the system enough that like, what, what, what is the negative outcome that that potentially could have for a tool like that? I'm Ash Hansberry. I am an upper school computer science teacher, and I am also the department chair for the computer science department. I'm Bobby Uman, middle school computer science teacher. I'm Fiona Dini, the lower school computer science and technology integration specialist. Uh, one of the examples of the projects that we are doing uh, with the second graders right now, they're in the middle of a social studies unit where they're learning about the states. And I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate some of their um, activities that they're doing in art with learning organic lines, and then also with uh, something that they could do with technology. They worked with a 3D printing program and first of all, worked with shapes that they were using in math. They were using geometric shapes. They used one example I had them do is think about a two-dimensional shape, such as a triangle, and then using the 3D printing app to turn that into a three-dimensional shape. So they turned that triangle into a pyramid. They had to think about what that looks like as you change the shape. They're also thinking about how the program works, that it's not magic. It doesn't go from using this 3D printing app to just coming out of a machine, that that's being sent to the machine and this is how it, it builds the shape. So they worked with a geometric shape and then moved that into a three-dimensional shape. And then they also, um, the next step they did was we learned about organic lines. They were learning about it in art. And then we were using the free design, draw, the free drawing tool in the app to um, think about drawing different shapes of things that they might find in nature. And then the, the connection with the social studies unit then is that after they did those two projects, then they uh, had to think about how they could draw the state that they were studying and then what they would add to it to make it have a three-dimensional design. So they drew the outline of their shape using the free drawing tool, unless they had a great state like Colorado and they lucked out. <laughs> um, they were really happy when they found that out. <clears throat> but then they also added some different components, some natural um, parts of the land that may, may be on there. The students that did Hawaii were able to add different layers uh, into the um, design that they made. And then we've been 3D printing those for them to look at and sort of see the comparison of what those states look like. So briefly in the middle school, um, one of the ways that we integrate computer science and computational thinking into an art class is um, uh, Mr. Harris talks to the seventh graders about color theory and and how um, the color wheel is organized and how colors are coordinated together. So I come in and ask them, well, this is great, you've got color. How would a computer that operates on ones and zeros represent color? And so um, I give them a little magnifying glass and they look up on their 
uh, their screens and they're able to see these red, green, and blue lights that are actually put together. And they're like, RGB, red, green, blue, we've been talking about, I, and, and I'm, I'm gonna botch this, but additive and subtractive colors and how those work together um, to make all these different colors that we're aware of. So then we talk about how computers are using that same idea now in turning a red light on, I can turn a red light on with a computer and I can turn it off. And so we combine those ideas into a larger project where they paint some of the colors uh, and then they use a computer to uh, recreate some of the shapes, cut those, you know, print those shapes out, put them uh, in, in addition to their painted colors. And now they've understood color theory from both from the computer's perspective as well as just their art perspective. Uh, I would say really quickly as well, in the seventh grade social studies, uh, we recently had a, a, a new unit on uh, artificial intelligence. So one of their culminating project was how could AI be used to help in the, the, the Syrian refugee and refugee crises in general? And so they talked about how AI incorporates things like um, representation and reasoning, human uh, interaction, vision. And so we talked about these different things. And so students came up with different possible ways that AI could help those crises. And so again, just helping them see how we can now incorporate some of these things into larger, you know, worldwide problems. The example that I had in mind for the upper school actually touches on that idea of big worldwide problems as well. Um, by the time students are in the upper school, they've done a lot of connecting computer science to their science classes, to their math classes, to their art classes even, which is so awesome. And so by the time they're in the upper school, we like to take it one step further and have the, the students see both how they can use computational tools uh, to study different subjects, but then how they can also make their own tools to study different subjects. So we have a unit in uh, computer science principles where we use NetLogo. Um, NetLogo is a program that students can use to make simulations and models. And so we start off in that unit and the students can look at models about all sorts of things. And we make a point to make sure that students look at models, not just about science or not just about math, but we look at models about historical population growth, or we look at a model about segregation and see how a community becomes segregated based on individuals' preferences. And so we're able to talk about how does this computational model allow us to better understand our world? You know, they can make connections to the problems they're seeing in history or to things they've read in English class. And then for their final project that unit, they make a model of their own. And I've seen students make models on everything from students looking at climate change to students trying to model traffic in the cafeteria here at Latin uh, to students trying to model, you know, coronavirus and how it changed people's movement around the city. And so they're able to apply it to basically whatever subject they have interest in. Why is it important to adapt to technology changes in the world? I think this is a great question because technology clearly changes so quickly. I think we're all aware of new technology, whether it's phones, apps, websites, it's clearly a part of everyone's day-to-day -day life. And so it's increasingly true that in order to function in the world, you need to have some amount of technology knowledge. But what I think is even more important is to have the skills to keep up with that technology. And that's something that I think we do a good job of by teaching computational thinking skills. So not only do our students get to use all of these tools, they get exposure to lots of different apps, to different programming languages, but we're really focused on teaching them the skills 
that will help them keep up with it in the future, right? So no matter what app we teach them or what programming language we teach them, there's going to be something new by the time they're out of our class. And there's definitely going to be something new by the time they're in college or they're looking for a job someday. But what's not going to be new is those core computational thinking skills. They're going to continue to apply. No matter what technology there is, the kids are going to be able to use their skills in, hmm, well, let's take that technology and, and break it down. What are the instructions that this technology is following? Where is it getting its data? You know, what are the inputs and outputs that are going to this technology? So the skills that we give them to take care of whatever technology we see today is going to benefit them with the technology of tomorrow as well. And it's going to make sure that they're set up for whatever changes keep coming their way. So one of the reasons why I think it's also important to adapt to technology changes in the world is uh, in the ways in which it affects us in the way that we live life, in policy, in so many things. So what, going back to that AI unit, we talked about algorithmic bias and similar to what Ash uh, referred to. So where is this data coming from for this AI? Why could AI recognize white faces uh, and not recognize black faces? Why did this AI, when it um, was processing whether a person blinked, could recognize white uh, people blinking, but not Asian people. And so talking about how, you know, this can feed into different ways where it, it's not just bias, but then all of a sudden it becomes discrimination. And so how can our students be aware of how the technology can be used and where they need to be thinking about this tool can benefit everyone and avoid the mistakes uh, that you know, different policies and things have made in the past. Bobby, um, with the discussion you're talking about AI, we have just a lighter version of those discussions in the younger grades, something that um, I've had to discussion the third graders, we were using Google Quick Draw, which uses machine learning as behind it. And they start, they were very excited that it were amazed that it could it could solve what they were drawing so quickly. But they also very quickly went into a discussion about if you are tricking the system enough that like what 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 is the negative outcome that that potentially could have for a tool like that but then what that extends to in larger world issues that really if you that we have to be aware of where the data is coming from and then also how we use the data to um, to determine what what tools are useful and then also that that that's where things can go in a direction that um, that the tool was not necessarily made for and that we have to be aware of that. Next time on the Latin Learner Podcast. Liberal arts is really about teaching people to understand the world and then to change the world for better. I feel like that's the aspirational goal of a liberal arts education is that you can look at the world, you can understand it, and then you can see how do I improve it? What's my piece in improving it? Studying technology and computer science is now fundamental to knowing how the world around you works. I mean, from the morning you wake up to when you go to bed, you are interacting with and using technology and um, underneath that computer science and um, computational thinking. It's essential to then understanding how the world around us works. We look at the block-based coding that, that can make that robot move forward. 
100 centimeters and move backwards. Um, so I think that sort of awareness when they're younger is that everything isn't just a drive mode. It's really, <laughs> there's a creator behind it and that they can be those creators. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Latin Learner Podcast. Check out other episodes on our website at latinschool.org slash podcast.